Hey, what's going on, everybody? Just wanted to let you know that this week's episode of Unlimited Talk is brought to you by the new official Unlimited Talk Show email account, which is the Unlimited Talk Show at gmail.com. Pretty simple, right? If you hit up that account, you can definitely leave your comments, advice, suggestions, questions, anything pertaining to the show that you would love to talk to me about on a more personal level. Then that is the email account you want to use. I promise it's monitored at all times. So definitely let me know your thoughts and leave it in an email and I'll be sure to get back to you soon. Now on with the show. Enjoy the episode, guys. going on everybody welcome back to another episode of unlimited talk caleb here and i'm super stoked for today so let's not even waste any time let's just hop right into it so if you remember where we left off last week we were talking about this idea of attacking life with no bumpers you know the bumpers that are on a bowling alley sometimes where it keeps the ball from going to the side and you know you rolling a gutter ball which I mean is cool, but if you want to take your game to the next level, then at some point you're going to have to take the bumpers down. In the same way with life, sometimes you're going to have to take risks and stuff like that in order to follow your dreams, to follow the things that you're really passionate about. But one thing that I touched on last week and that I really want us to talk about today is this idea of what holds us back from taking that risk. And the easy answer to that is fear. Now, fear is something that everybody experiences, so I'm not going to waste too much time talking about what fear is as an emotion and stuff like that, because honestly, the only qualifying feature you really need to experience fear is to be a person. So as long as you fulfill that requirement, I'm pretty sure we'll all be on the same playing field. So I'm not going to spend too much time there. But what I am interested, as opposed to what fear is, is answering the question of how and why fear does what it does. I think that's a more enriching discussion that we can really have with each other today. And I'm so excited to get right into it. So let's dive in into the fear factor. All right. So I think there's a lot of different facets about or a lot of different facets pertaining to like fear and how we view it, what it really means to us. But I think the one thing we can all really come into agreement on is that fear is based off of facts. Fear is based off of our reality for sure. You know, if you're on the street and you got a wallet in your pocket and you got money in your pocket, you know, you're just walking around with your valuables as you do. And some guy presses you on the street and he's like, hey, I'm going to need you to hand over that wallet, man. I'm going to need you to hand over everything you got. Now, if this person threatens you with, you know, I'm going to get Han Solo to fly over and the Millennium Falcon's going to blast you if you don't hand me your stuff, you know, you're not really inclined to do what he says because you don't really fear him. Why would you fear somebody who's threatening you with a Star Wars threat. That's not really a uh, good business. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not really the way you want to do this whole mugging thing. But 
if that same guy pulls out a gun and is like, listen, I'm going to need you to come up off of everything you got on you right now, you'll probably be more inclined to respond. Why? Because the threat that he's making towards you is based in something real. The fact is that he's got a gun pointed right at you and the potential danger there causes that fear. The fear is rooted in something real. And so in the same way, I think it's important to understand that fear is rooted in something factual. Fear is rooted in fact. But the craziest thing that I've been learning lately is that facts don't always equal the truth. Now, I know you're probably listening to me right now and it's just like, Caleb, that's not even what do you even mean by that? And I know it sounds dumb, I think, on the exterior, but come with me for a little bit. Let me walk you down this road of how I'm thinking, and maybe we can come to some sort of understanding. Maybe you can see where I'm coming from, okay? Facts don't always equal truth. Facts are just facts. It's all about how we perceive those facts that really determines if it's a truth or not. Now, I'm not saying that truth is subjective, but the accounts that we can, the conclusions that we can draw, rather, from these accounts of facts is where the perception comes into play. And a lot of times only one of those perceptions is right and everything else is wrong. For example, let's pretend, my friend, that you and I are lawyers in a courtroom. I am the prosecution, you are the defense attorney, okay? So we are on opposite sides of the courtroom. You are trying to get a not guilty verdict for your client. And I, on the other hand, and trying to get everything, do everything in my power possible to get this guilty verdict. And so we are opposed to each other. Now, the interesting thing about the situation is that we have the same facts of the case. The same facts are presented to both me and you. So we both have the same information. We both have the time, the place, what happened, who was there. We have the same, we have access to the same witnesses we got the same testimonies and everybody understands what's going on. There's nothing that's hidden from anybody. Everything is conducted within public eye, both from in front of me and in front of you. And yet our job as lawyers is to convince people that our way, our perception of the facts is correct. Your job is to take the same facts that we're both using to bring a verdict of not guilty for your client. But for me, I'm going to use the same thing that you used and try to bring an opposite verdict of guilty. So let's take a look at this, right? We've got guilty and not guilty, two separate, very different conclusions opposed to each other, but yet they're still based off of the same facts. How is that possible? It's about how we are trying to frame these facts to support our agenda, to support our case. The bottom line is that even though both arguments are based in fact, that doesn't mean they're both true. They can't both be true. Only one of them can be true. Either the dude is guilty or he's not. So they can't both be right. Only one of us can be right. So with that in mind, here's the million dollar question that I want us to really land on today. 
is fear. The things that we are afraid of, the things that we know are rooted in real things are that are rooted in facts. You can say are the things that we are afraid of giving us the wrong verdict. In other words, have we come to a wrong conclusion about what we're going after based off of how we are perceiving the facts and allowing fear to have its place? If your answer to that question is, I think I got it. I think I'm right in my fear. I think I'm 100% right in my fear. And I think it's fully, you know, not only is it justified, but it's sustainable too. I think I'm 100% right in that way of thinking that I'm in right now. If that's your answer to that question, then we could probably end this podcast episode here. But if your answer to that question is no, Maybe I've allowed that fear to warp my perception of my situation and to keep me from going on to that next level. Or even if it's a maybe, then I encourage you to jump with me a little bit deeper down the rabbit hole and let's see what we can find out about this. Now, remember, we're staying with the same thought. We understand now that just because something is factual doesn't mean that it's the truth. And there are different, obviously different factors to that. But when we talk about facts that influence our fear, I think even though they go across a wide spectrum, I think generally speaking, we can probably break those facts into two groups. We can break them into facts of our past and facts of our future. What are the facts of our past? Facts of our past are the things that we've done our insecurities, our shortcomings, you know, the things that we've done in our past that we have no control over anymore. So maybe for you, it's a lost friendship or somebody's feelings that you've hurt. I've done that. I've hurt people before. Some intentional, some not, but that doesn't make any of it more wrong or less wrong. I should say deficiencies in my character. Things that I've done since I was a kid, habits that I've gotten myself into, insecurities that I've developed on my own. These are all facts because the bottom line is like, hey, I did that thing to that person and whatever consequences come as a result, whether it's a lost friendship, lost trust, me losing a reputation. Those are the consequences for my actions. And those are the facts. There's nothing I can do about that moment anymore. On the other side of the spectrum, when we talk about the facts of the future that cause fear, what it really is, is things that we are in control of, aren't in control of, I'm sorry. Things that we're not in control of anymore. Things that we have no bearing on the outcome of. The fact is that if I go outside and I go driving down the street and there's somebody driving on the opposite side of the road at 85 miles an hour and they hit me, there's a chance I'm going to die. High chance. That's the fact. The fact is that it is generally you are taking a risk when you are going out in public at any time. We can go even further than that, though. 
if you're under you have a health condition and your body is to the point where something is terminal when you have something like cancer and you're seeing that person that you love or maybe it's even you on that bed in the hospital the fear kicks in because ultimately you as a person have zero control over what's going to happen next This is real and this is what fear really is ingratiated in. It's ingratiated in a reality, in a fact. It's intertwined with what is happening in the moment. And so with those two groups, we can both see that whether it's something that we've done 5, 10, 15 minutes ago or 5, 10, 15 years ago. Or even things that we haven't done, but we feel inadequate and not ready for. We can see that ultimately those things can in the moment be out of our control. We can't control what we've done in the past. The past is the past already. If we're inadequate right now, there's no way we can be prepared for the future. And this is where fear thrives. It fears, uh, fear thrives in what we don't have control over. And so now that we understand that fear is such a real thing, it's ingrained in something real. How can we move past it? How do we move past the fear that's gripping on us, that's keeping us from reaching that next level? Whatever that looks like in each of our lives, whether it's a new job, new friendship, new situation, new home, whatever it looks like. Maybe reaching out to somebody that you haven't reached out to in a long time. How do we deal with this fear so that we can get to where we know where we're convicted? Like we talked about last week, we know deep down that we're called for this. How do we get past our fear to get to that promised land? Well, to be frank with you, I don't have all the answers for every single situation. I don't think anybody does, right? It's tough. It's super tough to say anything like that. What I can offer you, though, are some things that I think have helped me. And hopefully it can be an encouragement and help you out, too. I think the first step to overcoming fear is that you have to believe in something bigger than yourself. I'll be honest. I am. A, I say it all the time, but I'm trash. OK, I'm trash. I know I'm trash. I, you know, Caleb is a nobody. He's just a guy who's made a bunch of mistakes in his life and isn't really worthy of any kind of praise or honor or whatever. Now, I know that and I'm cool with that. <laughs> I've come to grips with that. And so. Believing in something bigger in myself, for me, that's obviously Jesus. I talk about him all the time. Believing in something bigger than myself makes it okay because I know that even though I'm whack, my whackness doesn't just stop with me. Or should I say, the things that I struggle with just because I struggle with it doesn't mean that that has to be my future or my reality. Why? Because I've got a God on my side. 
I believe in something bigger than myself. That's what gives me hope. Now, you might be, you're probably a way, way better person than me. You know, <laughs> I'm uh, pretty much I can almost probably say that with strict confidence that you're probably doing better off in, in your life than I am. It's it's no doubt about it in my mind. But even if you're just ninety nine point nine percent, even if you're just one tenth of a, of a percent lacking. I think you can still find a way where. If it ends with you and your deficiencies and your flaws, then it's not even worth pursuing. And that's why it's important to have something or someone that we're believing in that is bigger than just our own personal causes. That is bigger than just our personal desires, something that we live for, a mission that we live for, a purpose that we live for. And so I think that's the first step to overcoming fear. Understanding that reality, understanding the facts of what's going on, but more than fact is something bigger, an even bigger fact, if you will, what you believe in, what you believe that you're destined for, what you're called for. That's bigger than any fact that can change or or shift how we perceive things. It puts everything into a new perspective. And I think the second part of overcoming this fear is that keeping our mental on the goal, keeping our mental on the prize. And this leads back from the first point, because what we're saying is that if we believe in something bigger than ourselves, then that means that we have a mission to fulfill that's bigger than ourselves. And once we understand that we have a mission that's bigger, something that we're focused on, then the work, the sacrifice the risks, it all comes be relevant. Vision so strong. You have to have a vision so, so strong that the work that you have to put in, that the fears that you have to face become irrelevant because where you're at in your mental space, the thing that you're envisioning, the goal that you want to reach, what you're fighting for, what you're living for is way, way more important then what is tripping you up in this moment? That is the hallmark of a person living in their purpose. That is the definition of a person that is unlimited. And that's what the name is all about. It's about going past the things that limited us before in our mental in our emotional and in every other capacity. And smashing through that glass ceiling every single time. Simply because where we're going requires us to do just that. To break past the limits. That is the remedy for fear. Because the bottom line is this, everyone. You're a human. You have emotions. And fear is one of those emotions. No one ever has the right to say somebody's fear is or isn't justified. But a lot of times I feel that, at least in my life, I don't know, I've experienced it several times, but I know for me, a lot of times I've allowed my emotions to affect my attitude. And then in turn, my attitude determines my approach and then my approach determines my results. So I'll let how I'm feeling affect how I'm thinking, how I'm thinking affects how I move and how I move affects what kind of success I gain 
or fail again. But our attitude should be the other way around. If we get our mental space correct, if we keep our minds on the things above, then our emotion, while we sit there and we acknowledge it, we respect our emotion, but we don't have to act on our emotion. And therein lies the key. Our attitude, our frame of thinking is so far above simply a feeling or simply a moment of failure, a moment of weakness. You know, King Solomon said a long time ago, the righteous man, a righteous man can fall seven times, but rise up eight. And so it's weird. It's a weird paradox because we think, you know, why would we call somebody who falls that many times righteous? I mean, once or twice, I don't know. But seven times, I mean, you're kind of pushing the pill a little bit. But it's not the fact that he fell seven times that makes him righteous. That has nothing to do with his righteousness. His righteousness comes from the fact that he fell that many times, and yet he still has the sense to get back up. He knows that he can pick himself back up and not just get back up, but get back in line with his calling. And I guess that, I mean, I guess that's just what I want for us collectively, for me, for you, for our families, our friends. That's what I really want. I want to see us live in our purpose. And so that's why fear has to be something that we acknowledge but also something that we move past. And that's my prayer for us, all of us today, as we're going about life, that we understand that fear, while it's a real emotion that we experience, it doesn't have to become our reality. It doesn't have to define what we do next or how we live. If you guys want to jump deeper into this, then I have a little mini homework assignment for you guys this week. Um, if you want, you know, obviously I'm not checking it, but <laughs> it'll be good if you want to exercise this in your headspace. Something I like to do is write. I love to journal sometimes. It just helps me clear my thoughts. And so if you're journaling, you can make a little T-chart about things that you're fearful of and once you make that t chart you can do things that you're fearful of why you're fearful of that thing and then at the end of it in the third column you can write your hope for that situation and so you can see the fact of the matter the fear of the matter and then the hope of the matter everything that we've talked about today and when you see it like that, I know it helped me get some new perspective on my issues. And maybe it'll help for you, too. I'll be posting to the Unlimited blog later today an example from my own journal of my thoughts on that. And so maybe that'll help you out this week. But more importantly than that, make sure that you're in the correct mental space and that you're called for something greater than yourself. You get those two things in line, fear has no chance against you. There's no way it can limit you any longer than it already has. 
that's going to wrap it up for this episode, guys. Please tune in next week. We'll be focusing about that mental battle. This is Dream Chaser Summer, and I'm so excited to talk to you guys again. But till then, love yourself, love others, and I'm out of here. Peace out, guys. Later. <laughs>